Okay, three, two, one. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 345. Welcome in. Hope you had a good Easter if you celebrate Easter. I hope you had a great weekend, regardless of who you are. Got a very, very short episode today. We're going to talk about uh, the quarterback who I believe is the missing piece of the puzzle in the NFL draft. I mean, kind of the answer to a lot of problems that, or answer to the number one problem a lot of teams have. The Steelers, the Bears, the Patriots, um, the Saints, Washington. There's a lot of teams out there that do not have a top 10 pick and probably do not have a chance of getting a long-term starting quarterback or a guy that even has the potential to be their long-term franchise quarterback. And the answer to that question is Sam Darnold. We'll talk about that in a moment. We're going to talk about the Final Four. I Shamelessly, I'm making this episode because I had such a good time watching the Final Four. I'm like, I want to talk about that. I really I want to talk about Gonzaga basketball. I want to talk about what's going on. Uh, I'm trying to get this out early Monday so it gets out before uh, the national championship happens. So that anybody, I don't expect this to get a lot of listens or views because I know it's going to be a quick turnaround by the time this show is actually literally um, maybe even worthless because I know if you don't hear early on Monday, well, that's not true. You might just be curious to hear what I have to say about the Final Four, about the game winner, about all that stuff. But regardless, we'll do uh, quarterbacks. We'll talk about the Final Four. And then we'll finish with Ask Zach. Got a couple of fun questions there with the 49ers, some childhood nostalgia, a lot of good stuff there. I want to jump in. I want to start here. The uh, the top five quarterbacks in the upcoming NFL draft, in my opinion, and they're in no particular order, but it's pretty clear these are the top five guys. It's Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and Zach Wilson. Again, no order there. Just those are the top five guys. And after those guys, you have Kellen Mond from Texas A&M and Kyle Trask from Florida. And then also, in like a weird, interesting way, another guy amongst the top quarterbacks available in the NFL draft is actually Sam Darnold, the New York Jets quarterback. And the commonly held belief, and a belief that I agree with, uh, it'd be actually like a really crazy, fun surprise if, in fact, this didn't happen. I believe the Jets are going to draft a quarterback with the number two overall pick. They're probably going to draft Zach Wilson from BYU. And so they're going to replace Sam Darnold, their starting quarterback. Now, here are the top 10 picks. You have the Jaguars, number one overall, from the Jets, then the 49ers, the Falcons, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Lions, the Panthers, the Broncos, and then the Cowboys. A lot of those teams already have a starting quarterback. Uh, The Falcons have Matt Ryan. The Bengals have Joe Burrow. The Dolphins have Tua. The Lions have Jared Goff. We'll see if that's really their guy. That's actually another interesting storyline is whether or not the Lions really are committed to Jared Goff long-term. I think so, but we'll find out. They've been saying a lot of nice stuff. They're happy to embrace a young quarterback who they think they can build around, at least younger than Matthew Stafford. The Cowboys have Dak Prescott, but then you have the Jaguars, the Jets, the 49ers, the Panthers, and the Denver Broncos. Those five teams do not have starting quarterbacks that I think are their long-term plan. And so five teams, five quarterbacks, bam. I think it's very likely, very possible. I think it's most likely we see five quarterbacks taken in the top 10 picks. Maybe Denver says, like, we like Drew Locke enough. We're going to keep building around him. I don't, I don't think so. I think that'd be a mistake. I, if you can get Trey Lance or Mac Jones, like I, I would replace Drew Locke like that. I like Drew. I wish he was doing better. He's not. 
Um, and I, I think Denver's a wild card. A couple of years ago, they drafted uh, Bradley Chubb instead of drafting a quarterback, and I was surprised then too. So we'll see. But even if if five quarterbacks get taken in the top ten picks before actually the tenth overall pick even happens, that would still leave us with a couple teams that do not have a long term starting quarterback or, or long term really a franchise quarterback that is their long term plan. The Patriots, Washington. The Chicago Bears, the New Orleans Saints, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those are teams that do not have a long-term plan at the starting quarterback position. Like the Steelers have Big Ben, who's going to retire after next year. They got one year kind of a goodbye tour. And then nothing. No plan. Oh, and the Bears have Andy Dalton. <laughs> no, that's awful. Don't. That's not a good plan, in my opinion. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe Andy Dalton saves the Bears. He's like the face of the franchise for the next... 10 years, although I just, I cannot, I, I don't have the vision to see that happening. I, maybe I'm, I, I can't believe I'm wrong on that, but we'll find out. Now, I keep hearing the Saints are interested in Kyle Trask, so maybe the Saints do not need a, a, a quarterback like Sam Darnold, but I'm, I'm really, really curious. What's going to happen with Sam Darnold, the, the Jets quarterback? They're going to trade him, I, I'm pretty sure. If they draft Zach Wilson, I don't know why you would keep Sam Darnold, uh, especially if you can trade him away for a second round pick or a third round pick like it's kind of the rumor going around and so the Jets are replacing him we're assuming and the dude was built a really really bad Sam Darnold was dealt a really really bad hand in the NFL was given a horrible franchise with a really bad coach Adam Gase a a bad team around him like no offensive weapons and I I've seen Sam Darnold like there's a really great Bart Scott quote Bart Scott played linebacker for the Jets a long time ago Long time meaning, I think, you know, not not like 20 years ago, but like within the last couple of years. And Bart Scott said, like, I, I am a, I think he said, uh, literally, like I said, I am a, um, a, what's the word? An expert on awful quarterbacks. Sam Darnold is not an awful quarterback. Something along those lines. Saying, like, look, Sam, because I don't know if you ever watched Sam Darnold play. I have. I've done film analysis videos on Sam. Dude has some talent. Like, I, I think it's very possible the reason why Sam Darnold has failed in the NFL is because he had no support. Bad coaching, nobody around him. I'm sure, like, he's made mistakes. I'm not, like, the, the game against the Patriots, the, the seeing ghost game. It's not a good look at all. But there is something about Sam Darnold that you're like, that's salvageable. I think if you get the right coach and the right team, you could salvage the career of Sam Darnold. It's not hopeless like it is for some people. So in my opinion, the Chicago Bears need to make a move for Sam Darnold. Like, Washington has Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor Henneke. There's not a lot of pressure on Washington. The Saints could get away with not bringing in a starting quarterback because they got Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. Like, they they can buy some time. They're okay. The Steelers have Big Ben. There's no pressure immediately. The Panthers have Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, the, the I think the, the, the Denver Broncos better make a move for somebody. But of all the teams that do not have a long-term starting quarterback right now, the team that most desperately needs one is Chicago. Their jobs are on the line. The general manager, the head coach, everybody in that building. Everybody's job is on the line. They have to make a move and get them a plan at the quarterback position. I would not bet my career on Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, former Bengals quarterback, is fine. He's, He's mediocre has a weaker arm. I don't know how that's going to work in Chicago. Literally, they're called the Windy City. Good luck. Uh, like, the, 
I, I, I do not like Mitchell Trubisky, like at all. When the Bears moved off of Mitchell Trubisky, I was celebrating for about half a second. Then I realized they're replacing Mitchell Trubisky with Andy Dalton. And I, I really was like, is that even better? Is that even a better move? Are they upgrading? Actually, I don't think so. So I, I, the pressure's on Chicago. They should make a move for Sam Darnold. Trade a third-round pick and go get Sam. I mean, you have to, at least to your boss, make it look like you have a long-term plan. Because you're going to get fired. Forget winning. You're going to lose your job, and it doesn't matter after that. You have to make it look like you have a long-term plan to the fan base, to the ownership. And frankly, the Bears are in a spot where they have to just make some kind of move. It, they they cannot, I, I just, if they don't make any move for any other quarterbacks, and they just have Andy Dalton next year, and they get fired, I'm going to, I don't even know if I'd feel bad because like you guys did this to yourselves. Why did you commit everything and bet your careers on Andy Dalton? I, I do not understand that. I, I think Matt Nagy's a better coach than the people give him credit for in Chicago. He, he went to the playoffs. He did well. I think Trubisky didn't work. Uh, there's a lot of dysfunction in Chicago. And the Bears, unlike New York with Sam Darnold, the Bears actually have some talent on offense. Allen Robinson, Sam Darnold would have love to have Allen Robinson the last couple of years. He, he would have killed for that receiver. There's a couple of good people like that. I'm like, man, there's some, okay. There's some talent in Chicago on offense. Let's plug Sam Darnold in there with Matt Nagy, some decent weapons, a good defense, better than Sam Darnold's ever had, by the way. I think the Bears got to trade for Sam Darnold. I don't know what other option they have. I, I they, The pressure's on. They got to show some kind of plan and something. They have, some, have to have something happen. They're going to get fired if they don't. And maybe you bring in Sam Darnold and he sits for a little while behind Andy Dalton. That's fine. Hey, Sam Darnold never really got the opportunity to sit around and learn in New York. He was thrust in week one was the starting quarterback there as a rookie. Let's give Sam some time. Sit, learn, especially your Andy Dalton's got a head start already on the offense. Give Andy Dalton the start week one and maybe week seven, you're like, Three and three, you're not doing very well. You moved to Sam Darnold. But let's, I don't understand the lack of desire to do something else in Chicago. The fan base isn't happy. Andy Dalton's not good enough to be your long-term plan. It's just, sorry, it's not. What's your plan? Because you, you don't have the draft capital to move up and get somebody else in the draft. You're not going to get any of the top 10 or sorry, any of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL draft. It's not going to happen. The Bears will not move up to a top 10 pick. It's just impossible for them based on what they have and their draft capital. So I, I it, it's becoming desperation season. Chicago needs to make a move and go get Sam Darnold. He's the only guy on the table. I almost consider Sam Darnold like the number six quarterback in the NFL draft because he's available. After the top five, it's Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's probably better than Kyle Trask and probably better than Kellen Mond. So he's the number six guy on the draft board. Chicago. Make him move, go get him. He's actually probably cheaper than Kyle Trask and Kellen Mond will actually be. So, I don't know, man. The Jets probably would not trade Sam Darnold to the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots are a division rival. And I use the word rival carefully because they're, they're in the same division. Is it a rivalry? I don't know. But uh, I don't think the Jets are like, yeah, let's, let's help the Patriots out. Get their starting quarterback or even give them an opportunity to maybe have a starting quarterback. But the pressure's on. I think it's mostly on the Bears, but after the Bears, I would go actually to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh or Chicago has to make a move 
and go get Sam Darnold. If they don't, oh, man. I, I just hope they have some kind of plan. Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask, something beyond what they currently have. Big Ben and Andy Dalton cannot be your long-term plan. In fact, the Steelers, it's not their long-term plan. So they've got no plan after Big Ben. I just don't understand, and I... The Bears, please go make a move for Sam Darnold. Okay, uh, let's shift gears to college basketball. On Saturday, we have the Final Four. Two games, uh, the winner advances to the national title game. And uh, game number one, I'll admit, was a bit of a dud. Uh, Watch the whole thing. It it was over at halftime. Uh, It was Houston against Baylor. And I was very hopeful because kind of the elevator pitch for this game is that these are two very similar teams. They play good defense. They both have three good guards. They're even both from Texas. They're like, the schools are 185 miles apart. Hmm. Baylor, Houston, let's go. And the reality was Baylor was way, way, way better in the first half. Houston looked outmatched. Uh, Baylor led 45 to 20 at halftime. They were up 20 points pretty much the entire second half. Uh, Baylor won 78 to 59. So Baylor advances to the national title game. I do want to give a shout out, though, to Marcus Sasser, who plays for Houston. He's a sophomore guard. Uh, Houston had 20 points at halftime. He had 17 of those 20 points. Marcus Sasser, well done. Uh, he didn't do much in the second half, but I, I just wanted, I was like watching, like, Marcus Sasser's the only person doing anything for Houston the entire first half. Uh, shout out to him. We'll talk about Baylor mo- more in a moment. We'll swing back around to them after we talk about Gonzaga. Game number two of the Final Four. Oh, my goodness. It was fantastic. It's one of those games where, I mean, everyone's calling it an instant classic. I Fine. Fair enough to me. I, I really, it was close. It was intense. Back and forth and back and forth. And there were 19 lead changes. The game was tied 15 times. Like, it was just a, guys, tense and fun and drawn out and, competitive and there were good passes and good moves and good defense and everything you want in a basketball game it was that game it was just really really well matched uh and I, a fantastic game to watch so first of all though Gonzaga is undefeated they're 31 and 0 uh they did win the game in overtime 93 to 91 in fact this game like, like I mentioned it's close fast back and forth but it came it went to overtime and ended on a buzzer beater it's an incredible game and the UCLA game is the most that Gonzaga has been challenged all year. Their closest game uh, all year. So their third game of the year, they played West Virginia. They won 87-82. to 82. Other than that, they haven't even, that's the most, that's the closest game all year. By, by like a ton, a ton. It blew out most of the teams they played this year. And part of what made UCLA so competitive with Gonzaga was that they had two stud guards. They had... Johnny Juzang and Jaime Hawkes, two guards who were really, really hard to match up one-on-one on defense for Gonzaga. They just really, really struggled with that matchup. Hawkes had 19 points. Uh, Johnny Juzang had 29. He's a transfer from Kentucky at UCLA. And despite losing, I walked away with a lot of respect for UCLA. Like, their season, what they did. Uh, if you look at the Final Four, you have Baylor and Gonzaga, both number one seeds from their part of the bracket. Houston was the number two seed from their part of the bracket. And UCLA was the 11 seed. On their road to Gonzaga, they beat number two Alabama in the eastern, uh, the eastern region of the bracket. So they beat number two Alabama. Then they beat number one Michigan 
51 to 49. And Michigan's one of the best players at a bad game. I don't really care. You beat Michigan by one, you know, two points. You hold on late to win. I, I was like, dang, man, this is an awesome run by UCLA. So despite losing to uh, Gonzaga, well done by UCLA. Really fun run. Uh, I think people think I don't follow basketball or watch it at all. I do. I enjoy it. I like. I don't talk about it a lot. It's not my most popular thing to talk about. But I, when I feel compelled, I'm like, I got a lot to say about basketball. And I, I really enjoyed the UCLA run, the, what they did. Now, Gonzaga is kind of my local team. I uh, I live in the Pacific Northwest, so West Coast guy. Uh, first of all, UCLA overcame a lot of expectations that they were expected to do in the in the tournament. But Gonzaga is a team that I like. They're local to me. Uh, I went to Pullman, Washington, Washington State. They're an hour away from Spokane. Uh, I really like Mark Few, Gonzaga's head coach, and uh, they're fun to watch. Gonzaga, their ball movement is like textbook. They really play very well together. Uh, Drew Timmy does a lot of great job, uh, great work inside. Uh, and I really want people to go listen to the broadcast if they can. Go find even like highlights of the Gonzaga UCLA game. Jim Nance was broadcasting for uh, CBS. And the way he says Joel Ayayi's name, Joel Ayayi, like he just he says it really quick. He like speeds it up. Ayayi, like it, he's a guy from Bordeaux, France. Ayayi. Oh my gosh. Uh, fun name to say, Joel Ayayi. Ayayi! <laughs> I'm a nerd. I think it's fun. All you ever heard that name, I'm like, that's a fun name to say. Now, Jalen Suggs at the game-winning shot. He's really interesting. He played quarterback in Minnesota. Uh, was both the, the football and basketball player of the year in Minnesota. Go look up his football highlights. The dude played safety. The dude played quarterback. Uh, Jalen Suggs, man, <laughs> was kind of a good football player, too. You're like, wow, I mean, he, dang. I, I, probably, I think his skill set translates better to pro basketball than pro football. Uh, but here's what happened. As time expired, there were, uh, sorry, really there were 3.3 seconds left on the clock. Ball is inbounded. Jalen Suggs grabbed it, runs the length of the court, and 3.3 seconds puts up a running three. Ball game. Right? I was like, oh, man, that's a beautiful shot. Running three, game-winning buzzer beater. And uh, I just, I remember, like, I, I, I just had such a good time watching this game. I really enjoyed Gonzaga. I've been kind of hoping for them all year because I think it'd be cool to watch them win uh, a national title and have an undefeated season. That hasn't happened since 1976. That's a long time. And I just, I'm, I'm so down for that. I think it'd be awesome. And so to hit that shot, I, it's a tie game, so there's not a lot of pressure. It was 90 to 90 in overtime. But a buzzer beater in overtime, a running three-pointer to win the game, and, and remain undefeated to take your team to the title game, that's an amazing memory for Jalen Suggs. Really cool moment. Uh, I had a, a blast watching it. And again, I want to repeat this. If Gonzaga does win the national championship, they will be the first team uh, to go undefeated and win the national title since Indiana did it in 1976. Now, the last time an undefeated team played in the title game was 1979. It was actually Larry Bird's undefeated Indiana State team played against Michigan State and Magic Johnson. I didn't know that. I'm like, huh. And Larry lost. Magic Johnson beat the undefeated Indiana State team. Larry Bird's team lost in the national title game. Um, but that game, I mean, Larry and Magic were rivals in the NBA on the, uh, the LA Lakers and the Boston Celtics. I had no idea that rivalry extended so deep way back before the NBA, all the way back into college. I just, that's kind of fun and unique to me. I'm like, oh, huh. I never would have known that 
Larry Bird and Magic Johnson <laughs> had roots all the way back in college against each other, one beating the other in a national championship game. Now, again, personally, I'm rooting for Gonzaga. I think it's pretty obvious why they're from my area. I like their coach. Uh, I also think, you know, aside from regional pride, uh, which <laughs> no more of that. I'm not going to say any more than that. Um, Honestly, it'd be cool to see an undefeated national champion, though. I think that'd be awesome. I, I really I like that. That's interesting. That's unique. Uh, it hasn't happened in a long, long time. So if Gonzaga does run the table and win a national championship, I think it'd be very, very cool to see. Uh, I could say I saw that in my lifetime. Now, it's a battle. Gonzaga-Baylor, uh, they were supposed to play back on December 5th, but the game got canceled. Actually, at the time, Gonzaga was number one. Baylor was number two in the nation. It would have been the battle of one and two. And uh, Gonzaga had people test positive for COVID, so the game got canceled. And now we finally get to see the matchup that we missed out on in December. And the question really is, would Gonzaga still be undefeated if they'd actually had to play that game on December 5th? I mean, Baylor's good. They, they crushed Houston. They've got a stud guard, Davion Mitchell, who is, uh, he's oddly, he's not related to Donovan Mitchell, but he's oddly similar to Donovan Mitchell. He had 11 assists against Houston. Uh, they got a guy coming off the bench, uh, Matthew Meyer, who uh, had 12 points off the bench. A lot of people can score on Baylor. I think it's a really interesting matchup, Baylor and Gonzaga. I don't know who's going to win. Baylor feels very dangerous to me. Uh, I want a fun, close game. I'd be very happy if Gonzaga won. If Baylor wins, all I ask is they please win uh, a close game. I would be very disappointed if it was a blowout, no matter who wins, actually. Uh, I root for close games more than I root for teams. I think it'd be fun if it was fun interesting, dramatic, maybe overtime, maybe a buzzer beater again would be wild. Um, but I really, really hope it's a close game. Uh, and if Baylor wins a close game, I'll still be very, very happy. So uh, I hope you enjoy the national championship tonight. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, and I, I really, man, I, I just want it to be close and fun. That's all I'm asking for. Another thing tonight, Aaron Rodgers is going on Jeopardy. I've never watched Jeopardy in my entire life. Never once. I think Alex Trebek, I believe, was the Jeopardy host. I've heard his name a lot. I know he passed away recently. Um, may he rest in peace. I, uh, I Maybe I'll watch an episode of Jeopardy after this, kind of as research, to prepare for the Aaron Rodgers episode. He's hosting Jeopardy tonight. Uh, should be a lot of fun. We'll talk about that later down the road. But I, uh, I want to shift gears to this. Let's end this show with Ask Zach, my favorite part of the show. In case you don't know how it works, you go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Shomler. You give a dollar a month. You can give more if you want to. Please do. Uh, the dollar you pay literally helps me pay my rent. So a dollar a month, you can get more if you want to. Uh, what it does is give you access to submit questions on Patreon. Now, I do not guarantee to read your question on the show. My only guarantee is if you submit a question on Patreon, I guarantee I look at every single question with my eyeballs. I pick the top couple to read on the show. And uh, let's jump in with question number one. Let me pull it up on my phone. Google Docs might be slow. If it is, hey, give me a moment. I'll pull it up. Nope, here we go. Ben says, hey, Zach, with the 49ers trading up to the number three overall pick, there's been a lot of speculation on who they will take. And I've been hearing two names, Trey Lance or Mac Jones. My question is, do you think they would consider Mac Jones over Trey Lance? To me, they aren't even on the same level as prospects, and I find it hard to believe the 49ers would actually consider this. Or... Do you think the entire conversation could be a smokescreen and they actually take Justin Fields? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for the great content to keep us entertained while there's no football. So, Ben, first of all, I trust nothing. I don't trust anything I read this time of year because 
Well, first of all, why is this out there? Why did somebody in San Francisco leak the story that there? So the story that leaked was that the coach, Kyle Shanahan, wants to draft Mac Jones. And the personnel department, you know, John Lynch, the GM, the personnel department wants a more mobile quarterback like Trey Lance or Justin Fields. And they're, they're trying to convince each other that the other is right. Why is that out there? Who put that out there? Who does it benefit to have that out there? I don't know. It seems like somebody did that for some reason. Maybe covering their butt if they fail. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe to drum up interest for other quarterbacks. Maybe they're trying to make Mac Jones seem more exciting. I don't know. Uh, The Jets have the number two overall pick. The 49ers have the number three pick. Now, the 49ers are heavily influenced, heavily influencing, I guess, the Jets, where the Jets head coach Robert Sala last year and for the last couple of years worked with Kyle Shanahan on the 49ers. And uh, the Mike LaFleur, the brother of Matt LaFleur, is the Jets' offensive coordinator. He also worked last year with the 49ers. So what the 49ers, the opinions of 49ers hold have some kind of influence, I believe, over the Jets, where Robert Sala, Mike LaFleur, they really respect the people in San Francisco. So if they hear, wow, they really like somebody, it could cast doubt on what they're seeing in the film they're watching. Who knows? It's very possible there's some manipulation going on. Maybe San Francisco just doesn't want to tip their hat to who they really want. Maybe they think they can get the guy they want. They don't want the Jets to take him as well. I don't know. I, I, I just think the worst thing the Jets could do is really strongly commit to one person. Sorry, the worst thing the 49ers could do. If the 49ers said, we love Justin Fields, and, and they really did love Justin Fields, maybe the, 40, maybe the Jets who respect the 49ers would go, hmm, if they like the J- Justin Fields, shouldn't we be considering Justin Fields too? Because they're, they're really smart and... We know them very well. I don't know. I'm speculating here. I know this, though. When I went to buy a guitar like five years ago, I went with my best friend who was also a musician. Uh, and he bought a guitar. Uh, and he, I went, that's a pretty good guitar. And I bought the same one he bought because I liked his opinion. And I knew he knew more about guitars than I did. So I bought the one he did to make sure I got a good one. Sometimes that happens. And maybe the 49ers just don't want to influence what the Jets are going to do. It's hard to tell. I, I don't know, but I, I, my gut tells me that the story is all nonsense. Is there actually a dissension between the coach and the GM? Uh, I don't. Uh, why, a lot of stuff didn't leak. Like the, the Trent Williams contract. I saw this out there. Someone said, someone on Twitter was like, yo, the Trent Williams contract didn't leak at all. Why would this leak? So why is this out there? That's a question you have to ask. Who benefits? Um, I don't. I don't know why it would be put out there. I don't, I don't, I just, I personally, I don't quite buy it that there's actually this disagreement between the coach and the GM, but we'll find out. Uh, and I'm really, really excited to see who they draft down the road. David writes in, says, Hey, Zach, do you think Justin Fields' draft stock is falling? Or, or sorry, why do you think Justin Fields' draft stock is falling? Just a few, just a little bit ago, he was the clear number two quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence, and now, the latest ESPN mock draft puts him at 11 and the fifth best quarterback, which I think is, first of all, extremely disrespectful to Fields. And secondly, I didn't see any reason why this happens. In my opinion, Fields had the number one pro day, number one pick, had a number one pick pro day, and Mac Jones struggled with overthrows. I keep reading that he falls because he's too slow in reading defenses, but the film they're showing proving that is from the time he was the clear number two and Ohio State never asked him to make quick decisions and multi-layer reads 
when they did, he was fine in my opinion. Mac Jones, on the other hand, was now extremely overhyped because Kyle Shannon and John Lynch went to his pro day, but they had to in order to evaluate all their options. And without an overhyped offense, I think Mac Jones is destined to fail like Josh Rosen. Greetings from Germany by David. A lot to say there. Um, yeah, the number fifth, five quarterback, uh, mock drafts are all clickbaity. Uh, I think pro days are a lot of nonsense anyway. Like, we know how good Justin Fields is. I don't, I, I will say, Justin Fields' pro day looked amazing. I was like, wow, that's, dude, the ball comes out of his hand really well. And, uh, dude, he looked strong. He looked built like an ox. I was like, I would not want to tackle that guy. So, uh, that's like my literally my number one takeaway watching Justin Fields throw the football at his pro day was just like, that's a big dude. That's a guy who would not, he'll run through you like a brick wall. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to tackle Justin Fields. The ball comes out of his hand. Great. Uh, made some good throws. Yeah. Uh, Mac Jones struggled at some overthrows. Pro days are nonsense though. You're in shorts. I don't really care how well you do in shorts against air. How do you do against the defense? That's way more important because that's how football's actually played. Um, now, I think a lot of the criticisms of Justin Fields are a little harsh. He had some bad games last year. Yes. Absolutely. No doubt. Every quarterback has a bad game or two. Uh, I know that when it mattered the most at the end of the year in the college football playoffs, Justin Fields was incredible. Like, outstanding. He balled out. I, I go watch the, gosh, the Clemson game. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Justin Fields was amazing. And I haven't made up my mind on which quarterback goes where. I'm still watching film. Uh, there's two videos I've been working on. My SOS Awards show, just got the trophies for it yesterday. Uh, the SOS Awards will be later this week. Uh, and then next week, probably, hopefully, we'll do the quarterback videos. Finally, you know, breaking down the top seven quarterbacks in the NFL draft. Uh, and I, I just, I don't know where I stand yet. I'm still doing research on that topic. But here's the question, really. Is Justin Fields falling? Or are other people, uh, the closer you look at them, are they rising? Is Mac Jones going up? Is Zach Wilson rising? Is Trey Lance rising? Maybe Justin Fields hasn't gone down at all. Like, opinion totally the same. But as people do research into Trey Lance, and he's done with his year and a half off, basically, and Mac Jones, and they look at Zach Wilson, the more they look at these other guys, the more they go, wow, these guys are really good. Like, the more research we do, the more we like them. Maybe Justin Fields' draft stock isn't falling so much as other people are rising. Uh, and I, I just would keep that in mind, too. It's maybe not anything against Justin Fields. I got to say this, though. I, I Look, I would be really, really excited. I, the place I could see Justin Fields doing the best work would be in San Francisco with the 49ers. If the 49ers drafted Justin Fields... Boy, I would I would love that, man. I really think that uh, the one the coach who could take advantage of his skill set the most would be Kyle Shanahan. Undoubtedly. What Kyle Shanahan could do with Justin Fields, a guy who can run around, can run like a running back, can throw really well. He's he's amazing. He's a really, really amazing athlete and an amazing quarterback. So I, I just would love to see uh, what he could do with the 49ers. But I just well, I have an open mind. We'll find out. Maybe it's Trey Lance. I, I, I couldn't tell you, but I, I'll tell you what. The other thing I can't ever tell you, I've never met any of those five guys. I've never met Justin Fields, never met Trevor Lawrence, never met Zach Wilson, never met Trey Lance or uh, Mac Jones. So I can tell you what the film says and some of the other stuff I've seen and read and talked to sources. But at the end of the day, the, the teams are having conversations with them. 
And who knows what they're finding in their conversations that we could just never know from the outside looking in. Okay, the next question is from, I believe it's from TJ. Oh, yeah. TJ writes in, says, what's up, Mr. Ryan Leaf interviewer? Just wanted to know, we just wanted to know what flash games you liked playing as a kid. For me, I, it was going on mini clips to play Commando or Stickpage, the website, to play my favorite flash games. If people don't know, or if you don't, flash games were like the very simplified games you could play on your browser. Uh, TJ, my solution here, I played games on CartoonNetwork.com. I can't be the only person out there. And the game I loved the most was a, and there's, there's a word for it. I don't remember uh, what it is. Uh, you're, you're flying a ship on a 2D plane, moving you know, left, right, forward, back, around, just anywhere you want, uh, avoiding obstacles coming at you, and you're shooting forward as you're, as you're flying. You know, It's like a running, moving, always moving forward, you're always shooting. Stuff is coming at you, I guess. Um, and it was a codename Kids Next Door game. Really fun on Cartoon Network. I wonder if I can still find it. That's it. I'll do a follow-up. I'm curious if I can still find that game and tell you more about it. Uh, I just had a good time with that. CartoonNetwork.com. That's where I played any games I had. They had like a gigantic library of so many games, like Flash games you could play uh, on your browser. And they were like good, decent games, like better than a lot of stuff that were on handheld consoles at the time, Game Boy and, uh, you know, PSP likewise. So I... Uh, PSP, I think, was a little bit after my childhood. But I, I just, I, man, I got to say, like, I really think that um, CartoonNetwork.com, underrated place to play games when I was a kid. Dylan writes in, says, Kong or Godzilla? So, Dylan, that's a layered question. Um, I like Kong more, if that's the question. If, if it's, who do you like more? King Kong is awesome, cool, got great movies. I think King Kong is a superior character as a, uh, for, for movies like the, the 2005 Peter Jackson film is amazing. It's like four hours and it's just like unbelievable. And then the Kong Skull Island movie with uh, Tom Hiddleston. That's really good too. I, Kong is fun. Like he eats a squid and he stands up and he's got King Kong is a lot of personality in the, the newer movies. Uh, Godzilla though is more powerful. So the question is who's more powerful Godzilla or King Kong? Absolutely. Godzilla is way more powerful. He's got atomic breath. Uh, I don't know what you can do to maybe equal that. If, King Kong cannot actually fight Godzilla, in my opinion. Godzilla is way stronger. <laughs> He's just way more capable uh, in a fight. Now, I saw the movie. I'm not going to spoil the movie for you at all. Uh, I, I just say like, it was kind of like, meh. It was a fun action movie. Uh, there's my gripe with the movie, and this is not a spoiler. There's a moment where they're fighting in the ocean. And both King Kong and Godzilla are standing on the same aircraft carrier. And there's room on either side, by the way. And I'm like, either this is the biggest aircraft carrier made in human history by, like, a factor of 10. Or the people making the movie forgot, like, because Godzilla and King Kong go big, and they just, like, they fluctuate in size throughout that movie. Like, they're like, one minute they're bigger than a building, the next minute they're standing on an aircraft carrier. And I'm like, how is that possible? They just... The way they fluctuate in size drove me nuts in that movie. A lot of little things. They're like, that's dumb. It was fun, though. Fun, sci-fi, action-y movie. And really cheesy, though, too. King Kong versus Godzilla. Cheesy. Good, but really, really, really cheesy at times. Uh, and I watched it, though. Had a, had a decent time. I bet it's really cool in theaters. If you can see it in theaters, my friend Max saw it. Uh, if you can see God Kong versus Godzilla in theaters, I bet that would be 
a much better experience than I had watching on my TV at home on HBO Max. Caleb wrote in, wrote in said, Hey, Zach, I was very surprised to hear Aaron Rodgers would be hosting Jeopardy for a few shows. I really hope he does well. If you could choose his contestants, who would you like them to be? To make it more interesting, have the contestants be non-athletes. I, I've never seen Jeopardy. I don't know how it works. I really, I think you have to say, like, um, I, there's a way you answer questions, I think. Like, who is Aaron Rodgers? I think it's how you answer stuff. I, I don't know. I've never, I could tell you. There's a really funny Tom Hanks skit uh, about Jeopardy on SNL, which I now think that must be how it works. You must like answer questions. I think that's all there is to it, to Jeopardy. Uh, but I, I should do some research. I've never seen a Jeopardy episode. To me, though, my, my instant thought is I want Vikings or Bears fans to be the people that interact with Aaron Rodgers. Because I want people to be like making, because the Midwest has this really fun attitude where Bears fans and Vikings fans and Packers fans and Lions fans are all they talk smack to each other and it's really fun. Like I would never sit next to a Packers fans cause they're obviously idiots. And Oh, don't let that guy work on your, your air conditioning unit. Cause he's a bears fan. And those people, you can't trust them. There's a lot of fun back and forth. there. way more fun and lighthearted than you'll see in New York where like on the East coast, they just hate each other. It's on the Midwest. There's a lot of fun like back and forth. And so uh, I want to see other people that are fans of the Packers or the bears or the Vikings play, you know, on that show I want to see Bears fans interact with Aaron Rodgers. That'd be really, really funny. Maybe they'll be like, please come to our team. Uh, that would be hilarious. So, um, yeah, that's what I want to see from Jeopardy. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers is going to interact with the general public. I also think it's going to be a good way for Aaron Rodgers to show like he's really more likable than a lot of people think. So, well, it'll be fun there. Final question is from Carter. He says, about to dig into my first Skyline Chili three-way. Wish me luck. And then he replied, Zach, you weren't lying when you talked about Skyline on Flawed Humans. This stuff is bomb, is the bomb.com. I've been, I've been having a really hard time reading today. I don't know why, uh, I, but it's been bad, uh, for the record. I've been reading questions awfully today. Cut me some slack. I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can. Um, I'm getting over a cold, too. If, I don't know if you can tell. Uh, I was really sick yesterday. Today, I just took a lot of drugs and said, I'm going to power through. And drugs meaning, like, you know, cold medicine, not you know, drugs. Um... So a Skyline Chili three-way is spaghetti, chili, and cheese. And by the way, the Skyline Chili does not have any beans. There's no kidney beans in the chili. It's just meat and, uh, like, spices. So it's it's like a sauce. It's like chili sauce, basically. And it's so good. Uh, I've been on a diet for a long time. No no more Skyline Chili. Very sad about that. Uh, and I also don't live in Cincinnati, so I had, you know can't really get it very easily anyway. But I would kill for that stuff. I, I want to go to Cincinnati uh, whenever I get, the, it won't be for a while, maybe next year in 2022, but I, I would love to go back. I want to go in the summer sometime, but I, I, there's nothing quite like I went in, I went in December to Cincinnati and I want to go to Cincinnati again in the winter because the cold, the snow, the rain and a bowl of skyline chili is such a great combination. It's this hearty warming thing that makes you happy when your body's cold. And, uh, I can't say enough good things about it. Guys, that's all I have. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. We will talk uh, later tomorrow about, we're going to talk about Wiffle Ball. <laughs> It'll be fun there. We'll talk about Sergio Perez. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers' Jeopardy. We'll talk about the national championship. Uh, we'll do some more Ask Zach stuff. And uh, I love you. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And later in the week, we'll do the 
Strong Opinion Sports NFL Awards because I got 10 trophies now in my office. And uh, I can't wait to show them to you guys, break them out and read them on the show and then send them out to the people who uh, won the award. So I love you. Hope you have a great day. Ba-dum-bum. Bam. We are done.